Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And thank you for joining me, Gordon T, on Hope FM for this week's edition of the Artist Interview. And I've got to say, I am so excited. We've got a band that I absolutely love. I know you'll be familiar with their music as well because we play it a lot here on Hope FM. Uh, the band is, is Mercy Me and it's going to be Mike. Uh, now his surname is, is difficult to pronounce, I'll be honest, so I'm going to give it my best shot. His surname is, <laughs> if I don't get this right, he's probably going to complain and stop the interview straight away. Mike Schutzer. Mike Schutzer. Have I got that right, Mike Schutzer? I'm leaving right now. I'm leaving. Close enough. I've been called much worse. It's Schutzer. Schutzer. Mike Schutzer. I, I, I have got that in the end. I'm Say I won't by Mercy Me, and I'm very pleased to say Mike is with us for the artist interview. Mike, great to have you with us for the first time here on Hope FM. I would love it if you could share with the listeners a little bit about your story, how you became a Christian, uh, and how you actually became part of the band right from the start back in 1994. It's an open floor for you. Share your heart, sir. Awesome. Well, first, Gordon, thank you for having me on. This is awesome. It's not often we get to yell all the way across the pond. So thanks for having us on. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, w- I grew up in a Christian home. I was really fortunate to grow up. I was an only child, but um, grew up in, um, my mom and dad are still married to this day. And I feel like that's the, uh, the greatest advantage I have in my life is that my parents were together and, and I grew up in the church. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I walked down an aisle and professed my, my faith when I was seven years old uh, in, in Bartow, Florida, the little town I grew up in. And you know, at seven, I understood the difference between, I, I understood what Jesus had done for me, but I didn't really understand what that totally meant for my life. I was probably about 18 um, when I really started to surrender my life um, to, to the Lord and just to try to, to try to pursue a relationship with him, not just I'm saved from hell, but the relationship that he wants. Um, and it's funny because the Bible talks about how when we, uh, uh, when we seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things will be given unto us. Um, the Bible talks about how he wants to fulfill the desires of your heart. Well, my whole life, I'd loved music. I didn't grow up in a musical home, but I loved music. I'd learned to play piano a little bit, started playing guitar, listened to music constantly, sang in choir. Um, I just loved it. And uh, I guess I was 19 when I started playing in a band with Bart, um, the lead singer of Mercy Me, back at our church in Florida. He had he had moved from Texas after his dad had passed away and became the intern at our youth group. Um, he was singing on Wednesday nights for the, the the youth praise band. This is long before it was cool to have a worship band. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, you guys had delirious long before we had anything cool over here. Um, and, and we strive to be as cool as delirious and still haven't gotten there. Um, but we just started writing music together and, and, and it was, it was, it was true. It was like the Bible just, it, it said, everything that happened in my life. Like when you follow me, I'm going to give you what you're looking for. I'm going to fulfill those desires because the Bible also says that he put those desires in us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows us so intimately. And so, yeah, I was, I was 19 when we started the band. Uh, we, we started writing songs together a little before that they were horrible and hopefully no one ever hears them, but we were trying. And uh, at 19, we, we moved to Oklahoma City uh, to start um, to start Mercy Me with a couple other guys. That's a step of faith at 19, isn't it? So, And were people around you going, this is going to be great, this will be easy, go for it, God's in it? Or were you at that point going, we've no idea what we're doing, but we're just going to try? A little bit of both. We One, at 19, I, I didn't probably have the, uh, I certainly didn't have the wisdom to think of all the things that could have gone wrong. All I thought was, I'm going to go make music with my friends, it's going to be awesome. Um, I, I did have amazing support. My parents had always encouraged me and they saw that, that I had this love and this talent for music. And so they always encouraged me to, to pursue it. Um, when, uh, it's actually, we can go in deep. So Bart had been working with a ministry out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, that would do short-term mission trips overseas to spread the gospel. And, uh, he had come back from one of these trips and, and we had been writing songs together. We had been talking about moving to be more centrally located in Florida where we were at. Um, and, uh, and he's like, Hey man, I need you to pray about something. I need you to pray about moving to Oklahoma. And I'm like, Oklahoma. 
I'm an hour from Disney World. I'm an hour from the beach. Like, why would I move to Oklahoma? What, what, what's in Oklahoma? I had no idea. And he's like, just, just you need to pray about it, man. There's this opportunity. We could, we could do music there with these other guys. They're awesome. Um, he way oversold it. He's like, and these guys are the coolest. They are not, they were not the coolest, but <laughs> they're amazing friends. And I love them to death. Um, and we, uh, that Sunday morning in church, um, our pastor was actually preaching about how David wanted to rebuild the temple. Um, and, uh, and God had a different plan. God, David wanted to do something to glorify God, but God was like, you've got blood on your hands. You've got, you've got this whole history and this whole past. What I want to do is glorify myself this way. I want your son to build the temple. I want to build up, you know, future generations that are going to build the temple. Not, not how you want it, but how I want it. Same goal of glorifying God. And uh, it was like, it was like, I was, it was like, God was just saying, look, you want to do this music thing for me. You want to do it your way and be centrally located in Florida. I want you to be centrally located in the whole country. And I can see that now when I was 19, it was like, whoa, what's going on? And so I prayed about it. I talked to my parents about it. I talked to my youth pastor, my pastor, everybody. And they were all like, man, you're, you're, if you're pursuing God, you're not going off the rails against scripture. You're not like saying, you know, I, I want to go murder people for God. That That's not, you can't support that with scripture. Yeah. That's not going to work. Yeah. But like these desires that we were having, like there was nothing that was going against anything in scripture. And so they were all like, go. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? It doesn't work out. You come home, you go to college, like whatever. Thank the Lord. I didn't have to go to college, but um yeah. And so we, we, uh, we started and, and just went for it and, you know, played uh, probably 20 shows that whole first year. And then the next year it was like a hundred shows. And then it was, it just snowballed and snowballed and opportunity after opportunity came. And we just, we, we didn't know how to say no. We just said yes to everything. And we used to joke around that we would, uh, I don't know. Do you guys have Taco Bell over there? I think most people know what Taco Bell is. So Okay. It's like the worst fast food restaurant you could possibly go to. It's <laughs> horrible and delicious at the same time. Um, we used to jokingly say we would literally go play for Taco Bell and Directions Home. Like if you just feed us and tell us how to get back home, we'll come play. And uh, we did that for a lot of years. And and honestly, some of the greatest memories we have were, were that. So, um yeah, it, 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 it's a blast and it's amazing to look back now 27 years later and see all that God has done through just us, you know, blindly following. Blindly following, but but with huge success as well. You've had six Grammy nominations. You haven't had a win yet. Uh, I've, I've no idea quite what that feels like, but six nominations is hugely amazing anyway. I think that's great. It's incredible, yeah. You won eight Dove Awards and you're one of the big contemporary Christian music bands. In fact, maybe you're a little bit like the queen of, not, not the queen, not, not the nicely English speaking queen. I mean, the band queen oh. of the contemporary Christian music world, because you've been around and had so much success and you've played great big things and, and you've got a worldwide following. So, and you're still going strong. And do you know how much that reference means to me? We're huge fans of music. Um, queen is one of those bands that could always just march to the beat of their own drum musically. They could do whatever they wanted and just create these, these epic songs or rock songs or beautiful ballads. Like that's always been our goal is like, we want our albums to be this roller coaster and queen always did that really well. So that reference is like, that speaks to me. Thank you. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you <laughs> liked it. So, uh, and uh, oh, yeah. small thing, just to, just to drop in name drop, my father-in-law actually had Brian May go around his house. So Brian, Brian May uh, is uh, really into 3D photography, and so is my father-in-law. So the two of them are little hobby friends on that. Oh, my goodness. Not to do with music at all. So there we go. So Okay, so name drop on, on, on my end. We just recently got to go to an event um, that Meatloaf, the artist, was at oh. and got to spend a little time visiting with him. Apparently he and the guys in Queen are really close. And he said that Brian May recently was saying, Hey, I think I'd love to like re-record. I believe it was uh I believe it was Fat Bottom Girls or Bicycle Race. It was one of those with Meatloaf singing it. Well, we just had just met Meatloaf. He lives like 10 minutes from the studio. And we're like, if that happens, we have a place for you. If if you need some like anything, you need backup musicians, backup vocals, whatever. We're in for whatever. So if your father, father-in-law, your father-in-law <laughs> happens to see Brian anytime soon. Yeah, I've got to just qualify this by saying I had to then show my father-in-law 
a video of Queen in concert for him to have any idea that Brian May was anybody significant. So, I Which is probably why the good doctor loves him it, so much. It, it could well be that. They just talk about 3D photography. So but that's anyway, that, that sounds like an interesting project and that would be cool for you to get involved. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I'd, I'd like that. So, okay, we have gone off topic, but it was a good, <laughs> it was a good diversion. So, um, so Mercy Me, as a band, who's in the band? T tell us the names of everybody. Uh, yeah, so Bart Millard is our lead singer um, and myself, uh, Mike Schweitzer, we, we kind of are the original members, but we, we were independent for like six years. And so our, our first bass player was only with us for about six months before he decided he wanted to get married and realized that there was no way we were making money for any any foreseeable future. Uh, and then our, our next bass player was with us for a few years and again, wanted to start a family. And so he stepped out. Then Nathan, uh, our current bass player, Nathan Cochran, uh, has been with us for, you know, if we've been a band for 27 years, he's been with us for 25 uh, Robbie, our drummer, um, he, he's been with us for 25 and a half. Like it's just, it all kind of fell into, into place. Um, our keyboard player's not with us anymore. He was one of the founding members. He, he stepped out a couple of years ago and, uh, um, uh, Jim Bryson, but then, uh, around that season, um, a little before that, I guess, Barry Grawl, uh, came in to be a second guitar player. So right now it's just a five piece with just two guitars. And every now and then I'll kind of play a little keys live and Nathan will kind of play a little keys live. We juggle it back and forth, but um, that's kind of who we are. So that is absolutely amazing that you've been together in the band. Uh, Noms, you well over 20 years, yourself 27 years. What's been the absolute highlight for you? Oh, gosh. Um, so many, like really, truly so many, like from from the the first time we were actually paying our bills with just music. I could quit my part time job at Blockbuster Video um, to, from the 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 time I could I, I could sit across from my now father-in-law and say, I want to marry your wife. And he said, how are you going to support her? I'm like, with music, we can do this. Hold on, I just want to check this. You, you just said you talked to your father-in-law and said, I want to marry your wife. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> That's yeah. never going to go down well, is that, it? That, that got really weird. My, uh, <laughs> your daughter, your daughter. Um, <laughs> is it hot in here? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah and, and was, and when he asked how I was going to support her, I was like, with this, with this music thing. And, and, uh, you know, those were seminal moments in my life. Um, band wise, uh, we, we were so fortunate to get to play on like the tonight show with Jay Leno, um, was such a cool moment. Um, I would say probably the one that I'm most proud. Oh gosh. I, I, we got to play at, um, Billy Graham's final crusade in New York city. That was, that's gotta be top three. That was incredible. Um, it's hard to know. Abbey Road. We got to come to Abbey Road for some string sessions on a couple of our records. And to be in that place, what a legacy. Like to just know that our songs were getting played by those players in that room was incredible. So, uh, yeah, just it's countless. Just too many, too many amazing memories. And you've smiled throughout it. So they obviously are great memories uh, to have. Yeah. What have been some of the struggles where you've had to pray hard and... Um, just see Jesus step in on things constantly. I mean, it's, it, yes, it's fun. It's, we have so much fun and all these dreams are coming true, but in that, like, these are relationships, like we're walking together through, um, you know, our lead singer, his, his oldest son, who's in that room right there trying to write songs right now. Uh, he was diagnosed with type one diabetes when he was two years old. Um, and in the same year, his, his brother-in-law, Chris, his wife's only brother died in a car accident. Um, and, and walking through all those kind of things together. Um, like it's when you're truly in a band, it's, it's a brotherhood. Like I can only akin it to like the military, these guys who are in a foxhole together and they have this shared experience, not that we're sacrificing like they do by any means, but they're going through this thing together that nobody else understands except for the guys who are in that foxhole. And I feel like that's kind of what a band is like. You're going through this thing that nobody else really truly is experiencing and so when, you know, when Sam was diagnosed with diabetes, we were, we were all there. We're like, what do we need to do? How do we, how do we get through this? How do we pray through this? How do we walk through this? Um, you know, a few years back, uh, we kind of thought we were done. Um, we were at, just had some, some personal things within um, band families that needed to be dealt with. And, and that was kind of spilling over into the band and, and, and went through a season of like, okay, it's been a great ride. I think we're done with this. And, praying through that season and praying through like, how do you want us to handle this? If we're done, how God, then do we, do we deal with it? And we just felt like we honor our contract with our record label. So we did one more late. We did one more record, which was welcome to the new. And we're like, if we're going to do a record, we're going to do it right. We're going to go ahead and 
tour it one last tour and we never really announced it was a last tour. We were just like, we're going to do it and try to sell the record. And, and, you know, on behalf of that relationship with a great record label and great management team and great booking agencies. And, and, uh, and in that season, it was like, God was like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not done with this yet. And, and, uh, and it was, I think it was an amazing thing when we were ready to walk away from it when, and I probably struggled with the band being my identity, like, because I'd done it since I was 19 um, and got to a place where it's like, no, I can walk away from this and whatever God has for me, it's going to be amazing. You know, might not be this amazing thing. It might be a greeter at Walmart or whatever, but like whatever he has for me is going to be so much better than whatever I could dream up on my own. Wow. And so we all kind of got to that place where we were ready to walk away. And, and honestly, it's been better than it's ever been. Uh, since that season of us of us being willing to walk away from it, letting go of of some of the things that we had uh, probably put on ourselves of like, um, well, we need to write songs in a certain manner that'll fit on a radio format, or we need to appease um, our audience, or or whatever that might be. And I think we got to a point where it's like, if this is our last record, I want it to be the most fun record we've ever made. We want to have so much fun. We want these songs to just be a blast to play live on what might be our last tour. And, uh, and that mindset of just kind of letting, letting go of the things that we felt like we had to do and just lean into the fact that whatever happens, we know that we're in good hands. Oh, um, that's absolutely brilliant. Laying, laying things down and then Jesus saying, no, you haven't yeah. finished yet. Pick it up again. Keep, yeah. keep on running. Yeah. But in doing that, actually having new, uh, new, new stories to tell and new things to press forwards in. And it sounds like new energy in it as well, which Absolutely. is, which is great. And on, on your latest album, which came out in April, quite recently, April 21, isn't it? That it came out. Is that right? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. April 21. <laughs> we think it was April 21. <laughs> so, um, it's called in hell XL and it's got 16 tracks on it. And some of those tracks, you're right. They're unusual in so much as they, uh, wouldn't really fit very well on radio. And some, one of them is about a minute long, isn't it? Which is not exactly standard for track, for a, a right. radio play for sure. Maybe we should in, well, the, the first one in hell's a minute and then there's one that's 55 seconds. Yeah. Then Christ yeah. came. Yeah. Very short, but yeah. also very cool so and also we've we've fun talking of fun well which is which which track do you think is the most fun on the album oh gosh on this one i uh i think the song uh-oh is the one here i go uh oh here so i go it's the one i it's the one i've picked down i just love that awesome that is great fun i thought actually it worked really well as a car advert and i thought whichever manufacturer got that they would sell a lot of cars you should start hunting around were you them. in the room while we were working on this song <laughs> because that's exactly what we're like we just want something that feels just commercial and like it could be in the background of a jeep commercial was literally what we said okay well, you, you, you absolutely <laughs> nailed it so i I, that's awesome. I think there's a big pot of gold for for you guys if you get get some uh, well, you lift the god's ears here we go so okay um but we've got we've got another track to play from you do you want to tell us a little bit about the track that you've picked as your second track yeah um this song i, I it's hard to pick a favorite song on a record um because they all are they all mean something and, and come from a different place and and but i think the song that's probably my favorite on this record is um the song let yourself be loved and gosh with the year we've all just gone through like gosh year and a half now i guess um the whole world's gone insane we've all kind of lost our minds a little bit at, at some point or another and uh I, I know i struggled um with some depression throughout uh throughout 2020 throughout some of the lockdown and not so much that i felt locked down but i just felt like everything was stripped away from us as far as we i mean we we tour we love touring we love being with our fans and having that response to playing these songs and just seeing god work and, uh, and when that got yanked away, at first it was funny. We're all sending funny memes about it. And it's, yeah, this will be done in two weeks. Okay, we'll be back on tour by the fall. Okay, oh my gosh, it's never going to end. And that was kind of yeah. what the whole world went through, which is another time, like this is the first time ever we all have this crazy shared experience. Um, but I, I feel like that song, and I know Bart wrote it for some different reasons, for me, like it was a time where I just needed to be able to be loved. I needed to know that everything's going to be okay. Um, I know when Bart wrote it, it was it was from a different perspective, and 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 I think that speaks volumes too. That a song can mean something so different to somebody than what what it was written for, because God can use it for whatever purpose He wants. Um, when it, when he originally wrote the song, it was it was about how um, you know it's the the opening line. It was never meant to be complicated. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
um, which doesn't sound like it should be a really hard thing to do. Um, but we're, we seem like we're not very good at it. And uh, he was just thinking through, he's like, I think I'm actually pretty good at like helping my neighbors out when they need help and like loving them. But if I'm loving them as I love myself, when I look in the mirror, I don't really like what I see. I, I, I hate myself half the time. I don't understand even how God could ever look my way, let alone anybody else. All I see are my flaws. And if I'm loving my neighbor the way I love myself or don't love myself, that's why that's where our struggle really is, is in our own, um, our own identity, our own knowing that I'm loved, um, not just by my wife or my kids, but by the God who created me. He didn't just like, create me and throw me out there. Like he knit me together in my mother's yeah. womb. He knows the hairs on my head. He knows the desires of my heart because he put them there. And, and if I can remember that, and I think if we as just planet earth could know that God uh, almighty loves us, like that would change everything that would change our, our I wouldn't have struggled with depression in 2020. I, I wouldn't have feared for the future. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to look at somebody else who's different than me and think other anything other than, man, God made them too. And so, yeah, I think the song, um, I, I, I love it. I love the the old soul feel of it. It's just got this different sound for us. Um, everything about it. It's, it's definitely my favorite song on the record. Let yourself be loved. Mike, thank you so much for all you've shared so far about your journey and specifically about that track. It would be really great if right now you're happy to pray for our listeners. Absolutely. Uh, God, thank you for this chance to uh, to just be with brothers and sisters around the world. Um, I pray for everybody listening right now. They would know how much you love them, God. They would know that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, even in these crazy times, um, that you... Uh, while everything in 2020 changed, while everything in 2021 is still kind of crazy, God, you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, your promises, you've never, never not fulfilled your promises, God, and we can trust that. Um, I just pray for these listeners, God, that they would know that um, no matter what's going on in their lives right now. And just reveal yourself, God. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, yeah. Mike. Uh, and if you're at home listening or in the car and you're thinking, I'm not entirely sure who this Jesus is that Mike and Gordon are talking about, I just want to encourage you to get in touch with us here on studio at hopefm.com or you can pop online to www.findachurch.co.uk and there are many churches around the UK that would love to welcome you and help you know more about God's amazing love. Right. So, Mike, the coming year, you're on tour. It's, it's, it's all going ahead, is it? We, uh, we've done a handful of shows. Uh, we, we did nine shows outdoor in uh, minor league baseball stadiums, and they went really well. Everybody just, everybody's so excited, not just us, but our crew, the fans, everything was great. Um, we've got a handful of shows in August, and then in the fall, everything's supposed to be back indoors and at 100% capacity, we're being told. So wow, we're, we're, and, yeah, and that's the Inhale Exhale tour, isn't it? So it is. Yeah. Yeah. Touring the new album. Exciting yeah. stuff. We, we played a handful of the new songs. We're, we're actually getting together next week to start running through and, and kind of building a tour and, and, and really getting all these songs out there and, and ready to play for people. So it's really exciting. It, it is exciting, but Less exciting, perhaps, for people in the UK, because I haven't noticed you coming to the UK anytime soon. Have you got a long-term plan that you will be coming to the UK? No pressure. Can I tell you how heartbroken I am that we've never played anywhere in Europe? Man. It's, yeah, I know. There's there's a handful of promoters over there. We're good friends with the the, the gang and Ren Collective. Um, we keep telling them, would you just tell the promoters to bring us over? We want to make it work. And it's there's been a handful of times where it's, almost worked and it, it just falls through. And so um, early on, we, we all had really young kids and they're all getting older now, which it seems like it's more feasible, but um, it was hard to justify being gone for long stretches of time and leave our wives at home with, with babies. Um, and so we've always tried to be home at least a couple of days a week. Um, even, even though sometimes it's more expensive to tour that way. It's just, it's been the, uh, the way that we just felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, but now we want to desperately come. We would love, love, love to just to to be able to be with 
the church in the other parts of the world. We know it's different. So Okay, so the tip I can give you, in fact, it relates back, you mentioned Delirious earlier on, and mm -hmm. when I was so much younger than today, I actually uh, saw Delirious play in a school hall to probably about uh, hundred kids or something, um, and they were called Cutting Edge back then. Yeah. So, um, so before their dearest days, and in fact, this morning I got an email from Tim Jupp um, because he puts on a really great weekend here in the UK called the Big Church Day Out. We have heard they have some awesome bands there. So, if you want to find somewhere to 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 come, if you're just going to do a thing, start start maybe maybe approach uh, Tim and say, Tim, we'd love to do. Big church day out. I know our management has has spoken with Tim. Um, and again, like when I said it's gotten close, I know it was with Tim. Um, and gosh, what, like I would just I wouldn't know what to say if I was in the room with Tim. I'm actually on a text thread with Stu G of a bunch of guitar players in the Christian and country music industry, and and we'll text every now and then, like on the side. And I I I'm scared to ever actually like be in the room with him because I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm I was such a huge fan. Like we saw them. Uh, the cutting edge records came over here and like, they just completely changed our idea of, of what worship could be. And then, and then uh, King of fools came out and then mesomorphosis came out and glow. And like, they just got better and better and better. And like, we're just, yeah. Next level. So um, yeah, Tim, please bring us over. You can play keys. You can play keys <laughs> in the band. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh dear. When, when I, when I chat to him, because he's, he's coming on the show soon, when I chat to him, oh my gosh, I will mention that you guys would love to come to big church day out. So just to, just to, to get a little word in for you. I know that Nathan and I would gladly forego our keyboard duties to have him sit in with us if he ever wanted to. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're touring and what else? What's going on? What's going on in your personal life? Oh gosh, uh, kids are getting old. It's weird. I've got a driver. I've got another one who's about to start driving. Um, uh, my so my kids are Ben is sixteen, Millie is fifteen, uh, John Campbell is about to be thirteen, so another teenager, and then our youngest Eli uh, is he'll be nine this month. Um, so families are big for us, and our kids are all they all think they're cousins. They don't know any better because they've all grown up together. Um, and yeah, life, our family lives are huge. I think that's, it's, um, I think that's the only way this works. If, if, if we can't make our family more important than this as cool and awesome and consuming as this can be, this completely falls apart. And, and we got pretty close to that a few years ago, like I was saying. And, and so, um, yeah, just spending time with our families and being dad and being husband and, and grilling burgers in the backyard, all of that stuff, you know, it's just, our lives are pretty normal aside from the band thing is is weird i guess <laughs> aside from the band yeah pretty normal guys so yeah yeah chill. pretty normal guys this is the hope fm artist interview if um if your music uh, and the whole band was suddenly to get raptured but you were the only people to raptured and, and all your music went who would you want all of your followers and fans to suddenly start following and be fans of oh gosh that's a really good question okay um there's so many good new artists out there right now. I'd probably have to go. You can only give them to one person, only one. <sighs> it's, it's a toss up. So I, I feel like for King and country are doing like some of the coolest stuff in our industry right now. I probably got to give it to them, which they probably are stealing our fans anyways. Um, <laughs> but it would be like a close second to Zach Williams. Cause that guy is just like salt of the earth. Absolutely love him. Love his band guys. Like they're some of our favorites, but I'd probably get a, I gotta go with, I, I feel like for King and country is really bumping. They're bumping the needle on what, what you can get away with on Christian radio over here in the States. And so yeah, we love uh, those guys too. They're awesome. Actually, yeah, Luke, funny story, Luke. So there's like 400 small bone, siblings uh daniel smallbone who people don't ever see but he's behind the he's behind the scenes for a lot of touring artists he's a lighting designer um he designed our light show years ago um on a tour um but he was getting too big to come out and actually run the light show so he sent his little brother luke who was like 15 at the time who's now in for king country luke can do it all oh that now that i didn't know you see inside stories about the artists so yeah, yeah. cool the, both of those actually were very good choices to donate your fan base to <laughs> so worth worthy people hey i i saw that you had gloria Gaynor on, on the album oh my god what was gloria like to work with well because of covid we didn't actually get to work with her closely she was in new jersey and and because of the oh, internet you can do that now um so we we started that song brand new gosh there's another one of my favorite songs on the record uh, brand new it's a disco song and 
and we started writing it. It felt great. It kind of smacked of disco, smacked of the the Eagles a little bit, like witchy woman kind of vibes. Uh, and and we loved it. But it was like, is it? Are we are we kind of pushing a, a shtick or a gimmick? Like, is it? Does it feel very authentic coming from us to do a disco song? And uh, we 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 kind of took it off the whiteboard. We're like, no, it's not going to make the record. And then we brought it back onto the whiteboard and took it off and brought it back on and. And we decided finally the the record needs it. We're going to do it. And we, we were, I was literally sitting here. The whole band was in the room. We were listening back through the speakers um, to do mix prep. Like it was going to mix the next night. We just wanted to make sure if like it was missing anything. And uh, Gloria had actually done a gospel record a couple of years ago. Bart actually got the feature on it. He sang a song. I think he wrote a song on it. And one of the producers we were working with, Chris Stevens had produced that record. And so we're listening through it. And I was, and, and I said, man, wouldn't it be cool if somebody like Gloria Gaynor could be on this and just just really make it authentic? And Chris said, she would totally do it. So he grabs his phone and he calls her in the room at the moment. And she said, I'd love to, I'd absolutely love to send me the song. So he sends her the song. She's like, oh my gosh. Like she loved that it wasn't like some like power ballad because a lot of people will get her to sing on stuff like that. She's like, this is like my wheelhouse. Like this is disco. This is amazing. Gloria gainer like she's amazing she's i will survive if you don't know that song people come on yeah she's an icon she's amazing she's a legend and uh yeah so she that was like on a friday on monday she had found a studio in new jersey who could hook her up with the internet so that we could have like chris could have her on a screen at his studio and and just kind of direct her through how to sing it and it was perfect like the only bummer is that we can't take her on tour with us like like we'd love to have that every night. And so we're, we're trying to figure out how we can make something happen, but the song's a blast to play. And just knowing that, that an icon like her, le- literally legendary status um, that, that she would want to be involved was, was humbling. And yeah, we were honored. That, that is cool. In fact, you know, it, it would be a miss if we didn't hear a little bit of brand new with Gloria Gaynor right now. So let's hear that. Every day I think about this life I'm living now. How it all could have turned out so differently What if Grace just walked on by And never took the time Never took the time to even notice me I've got to say, I love the disco vibe on it, and it's a it's a beautiful track. And in fact, I've got to just recommend people rush out if they if they haven't already done so. That it really is worthwhile going and getting a Mercy Me's album Inhale Exhale. I know you can stream it online. I know you could pop to Amazon and get it. But even better, why not go and support your local Christian bookshop by going and buying it from them? Uh, because uh, you know what, yes. it's an album worth having. Uh, and actually supporting Christian bookshops as well is a great way of making sure there's Christian presence on the high street still. So, Mike, talking about your walk with Jesus, what's the thing at the moment you feel God is working on you with? What's he, what is it he's trying to grow you in? That's a really good question. Um, I, for my entire life, I haven't been great at being in the Word. Like I know the word I know I, I, because I, I grew up in the churches. So I've been around it and I know scripture, but I've never, I, like I had until I guess 2020 was the first time I'd ever read through the Bible through a year. Um, and I've started it again because it was, it was life-changing. There was so much, um, so many stories I knew from growing up in the church and, and I knew them, but then when, when you actually read through from front to back, as overwhelming as it seems and confusing as it, it can be, if you just jump in a little bit, it actually all just starts to fall together. And and when you bring in um, outside outside sources like the maps, or you know those maps are in the back of your Bible for a reason, um, they can actually tie together. Oh, that's where that is. And then and then you look forward at, at a modern day map, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's why there's still a lot of craziness going on in the Middle East because. Like it was, they were at war back then. There, there are things that have always gone on. And so um, a, a burden for actually like being in the Bible. Yeah. Um, I think God's put that on me. And now after like, I'm, I'm reading through it again and I'm, I'm literally at the halfway point. Cause it's, it's like, whatever. Um, 
now it's like, okay, I, I don't want to just read it again. Like I really want to like dive in. I want to find um, some materials that can take me into it deeper. I still want to read, but then I want to, I want to actually, I want to, what, what was culturally going on? What was, what, why did Paul use these words um, when he was speaking to these people? And, and what it, I, recently um, at church, they were, he was talking about um, how uh, it was Paul or Peter there as Paul, he was preaching huge, just knowledgeable sermon about all these things. And, uh, and it said a few people, a few people became followers that day. And then the next chapter, I don't know, I'm sure how much far later it was, but the next time it talks about Paul preaching, he says, when I was with you, I claim to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And thousands came, thousands followed. And so it was like this, this like thing that's like, it just clicked. It's like, man, he, you could work so hard at, at doing this thing. Right. And, and being at your best, but like, Jesus is the thing that changes lives, not, not all the, the spiffy sermons or whatever. And so just like those little things in scripture that are just jumping out now, when I spend time in the word, not just around the word, it's been life-changing. It really has. My wife has even said like, you're a better person. Like you're just, you're a better husband. You're a better dad. And I was like, I thought it was okay before. She's like, I mean, you're okay. <laughs> but but like, she's noticed a difference. She's like, I really think it's just because you're reading your Bible for 20 minutes every day. And so <laughs> um, I feel like God's just really put that. I, I mean, that's not something that any of us on our own are probably going to do without the Holy Spirit just urging us towards it. Because there's way more entertaining things to do with our time, or at least we we think they're entertaining. Um, but man, it's it's been life-changing to the point where it's like, if I miss a day, it's like, ah, really, I got to double up tomorrow because I got I to gotta make sure I get back on this. And not in a... Um, oh, doing this thing gets me closer to God. That hasn't been the case. It wasn't like I need to do this so I can be closer to God. It was more of a just like, I feel like I'm missing out on something. I feel like there's more that I, I could I could gain from this relationship with God if I if I did this. And, um, you know, we in the band are, are really big on like, we grew up in, um, well, a couple of us grew up in churches and I can't even blame the church. It may have been something I put on it myself, um, but just, grew up in an, in a perceived environment of, of works of, yeah, you know, got Jesus saved you on the cross. There's nothing you can do, but you know, if you just do that quiet time every day, you know, he probably like you a little better. It's kind of what some of the mentality that we grew up with. And I can't say that anybody specifically ever said that, but that's just kind of what I put into it myself. Yeah, I know what you mean. And uh, that's just not what the Bible says. It's nowhere in scripture. It's Christ did all. Christ did everything. His sacrifice was the the propitiation for God's wrath on me. Like he did everything. He covered it. Propitiation means he stepped in and absorbed all of God's wrath towards me. Nothing I did all I did was try to mess it up. I just continually, I, I you know, struggle with sin every day. Um, but the power of sin is now gone. And when I recognize that, like the, the, the grace and the mercy that God has for each of us through Christ and through his death and resurrection, like all of a sudden it's like, oh, I, he, already, he already loves me, even though I'm going to mess up. And even though I have messed up, he did that anyways, knowing that I was never going to get it right. You know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Didn't say all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but maybe one day you'll get it right. It's just, we're messed up. Christ is what fixes that. And nothing I can do, nothing, uh, my righteousness is filthy rags. Um, nothing I can bring to the table is ever enough to make up for what I deserve. He did that. And so now it's like, oh my gosh, I, I just want to, I, I want to read my Bible, not because it makes me closer. I can't be any closer. Like the veil was torn. Um, and, and so, yeah, that that's been, it's been life-changing. I, I definitely, it's made me a better husband, a better father, and just more in tune with the truth. I think um, not just in tune with the scripture truth, but like just the truth of, of, of what's going on in culture around me. It's like, it's, it's easier to see something and be like, that's not right. And, and I know why it's not right. Cause it's right here. The Bible says that that's not right. And so I'm going to stay away from that. And I'm going to, I want to shine light on the things that are true. Yeah. I've got to say the Bible is, is such an important tool to enable us to receive more of God's love for us and to walk in the ways it has for us. 
but we've also got to be careful. I think what you said there's really important. It's not it's not about being legalistic. So if you miss it, right. God doesn't love you any less. So my my wife, yeah. she reads the Bible basically on a year plan. But I've realised that if I do that, I just don't enjoy it very much because I'm and it doesn't help me. So yeah. so I I I've, we've worked out that I, I do a two year plan and she does a one year plan. Okay, uh, and they sort of inter they interfit. So we read the Bible together and and it's a really good thing in our lives. It's funny you say that. I, I wanted to add. Um, I'm doing a I was doing a, a read through the Bible in a year program. My wife was doing a completely different one where hers would jump around the Bible and mine was just going through like a, in order Old Testament New Testament every day. Um, like even though hers would be all over the place, we would still land on these same truths throughout. It was, it's amazing how you just, yeah, you said the same thing. I love that. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM artist interview. What things have uh, you felt the band uh, have been growing in together? Um, I, I think the identity thing was big for us a few years ago. Um, the, the, our identity is, is in what Christ did on the cross, not in what we do. Um, that was, uh, and I can't say for all of us, a couple of the guys kind of grew up in a more, in a less legalistic church environment. Um, and they were very patient with those of us who were still trying to figure that out. They were, there were times when they probably could have been like, well, yeah, we've duh. <laughs> and they were gracious to us. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was a big, a big thing for us. And I think now um, on the backside of that, of really being settled in and knowing that, that, what Christ did is done. Um, what, what happened on the cross is done. Um, and redemption is there for those who would claim Christ as, as Lord. Uh, now it's just kind of like this freedom, this freedom of, of, of again, not feeling like we have to meet a certain format for radio. Like it, it, it's really spilled over into not just our spiritual freedom, but freedom into what we do as a band and songwriting and everything. And in and, and ways it's like, you know what, if, maybe the song doesn't actually say Jesus in it and that's okay. Like he could, he could still be glorified in that. And, and we know why we're writing it and we can share our hearts about these songs. Um, and so I would say just, uh, I think we're experiencing a pretty cool season of freedom. Now we're also in this weird space of, we have not been able to do what we do for a year and a half. We made this album. Like we, we had a, we're pretty big procrastinators and we were really grateful. We, we, bought this cabin up in the hills of Tennessee, about 10 minutes from where we live um, uh, in the fall of 2018 and started turning it into a studio and not knowing how desperately we were going to need it um, by the fall of 2019 rolling into 2020. Wow. Uh, we started the album uh, probably in the fall of 2019 because the, the studio was finally built out enough that we could start working. And um, so we started the album in the fall of 2019 and then 2020 hit and we desperately needed to, to make a, have a place to go one, but then it was like, man, now's the time to finish a record that we started forever ago. So we're in this weird space where we, we've got all these songs that we feel like are, are a next level for us, the next step, but we haven't been able to play them for anybody. And usually it's like you, you, you go out and you tour a record and you get this response from the crowd and you learn really quickly which songs connect and which songs don't. And now we're just relying on the internet. We're relying on people listening and, and, and giving us feedback and it just feels so um, sterile and feels so like distant. So we're just right now, we're just trying to like plan for a fall tour where we can be with people and plan for these shows in August. And, and what does the next thing look like? How do we stay connected um, when we're not on the road to each other, let alone to our fans and, and the, the, the audience that God has given us um, so far. And so, yeah, it's, it's a weird season. And for a band who's, I mean, we've been around for a hot minute. And so it's like, what, like how, where is our place? Like, is it time for us to be like, okay, we let's let the next wave people uh, of, of young artists come through. But then it's like, we still like, we feel like God's still using us and we, we hear stories back from people, how the song means something to somebody and God's still using us. And so it's, it's, it's a weird, weird season for us, for sure, where we don't necessarily, I can't say we have like a clear vision for what's next, but we know that there's something next. And so it's like, okay, we're just going to just keep pressing forward, keep pressing on and, and, and trust that God will, will open that door and reveal what's next. But do you know what? I'm absolutely sure you're right that God's going to carry on using you. And just on just the, the the track that we played a bit from earlier, "Let Yourself Be Loved," uh, that is just 
going to be absolutely profound for some people. Some people listening right now, the idea that God really loves them is just enormous and takes a bit of time for it to sink into people's hearts. And I think as Christians, it's very easy for us to think God might love other people quite a lot more than us. I know he might he might love us a bit because because he, he has to because he's the God of love. So he might love love us if he if he really has to. But other people he'd love much more. Uh, but for people to go, hold on a minute, this is true. Let yourself be loved. Let let let, let me start receiving more of God's love. It it will just amaze them when they start to know God loves you eternally. God loves you infinitely. God loves you so much that there's nothing he wouldn't do to, to let you receive his love. So um, so I just want to reiterate the words of the song there of let yourself be loved. And if today you're thinking I'm unlovely, uh, I just want to say God wants to make you know that you are lovely to him and loved by him. Mike, uh, you talked about reading through the Bible. Yeah. What's your favorite book in the Bible at the moment? And maybe your favorite story from it and why? I love the book of Hebrews. I love the the gospel the the grace and mercy and the the simple explanation of christ and what he did for us that's in hebrews um favorite story i love the story of joseph i love um that uh, i mean seemingly he was a cocky little kid who was just telling his brothers he was better than them all the time and he was the chosen one in his family uh and how god uh humbled him, but never let him go. Um, never, never. He was in a pit. He wasn't alone. He was in prison. He wasn't alone. Um, when he'd been forgotten by his, uh, by, by the, uh, the cup bearer and the cake maker, um, he still wasn't alone. And God just through his faithfulness of always trusting God, God elevated him and God lifted him out of those places. Actually, it was just, re- I'm, wrapping up Job right now in my, in my daily reading. And, and again, another person who's just like, I mean, how much worse can it get? And God's just, he wouldn't back down from saying, man, it doesn't matter what my circumstances are. Uh, And I think that's something that I learned too in 2020 was like, man, everything was ripped away from us in this weird way. And my circumstances changed. And, And I think my depression came from my hope being in my circumstances. My hope wasn't where it needed to be. My hope wasn't in, that God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My hope was in, oh man, touring's fun and it's a blast and like everything's on autopilot and we've got the best crew we've ever had and I don't want, no, no, it's changing and I don't want it to change. And and I think that uh, that's that's our probably where most depression and anxiety comes from is that our hope isn't where it's supposed to be. I mean, you're you're Hope FM. We are Hope FM. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> Yes. I mean, it, it's our hope is not in our circumstances. It's not in any of that. It's in Jesus and what he did. And uh, um, when we keep that, keep that in focus, when, when Joseph kept that in focus and when Job kept that in focus and it, God lifts us up out of those places. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that I'm going to be second to Pharaoh or that I'm going to be, everything's going to be given back to me tenfold what it was. That might not be the case, but that doesn't, my hope doesn't need to be in, Maybe it'll be bigger and better. That's not what my hope's in. My hope is in Christ and him crucified and risen and and me redeemed because of Yeah, restored to relationship with the Father. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. brilliant. Thanks very much, Mike. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. You talked about you guys maybe taking a step back and letting some of the younger guys come through and all that. And I wondered if this is, I've never said this before to anyone, you might like to give... 10% of some of your songs, not the money, but the songs, 10, 10% of the songs that you've written that you're not using to the younger artists and to help them to come through. So might be a stupid idea. No, no, we do a fair bit of like co-writing. Like when a new artist comes oh. through with a record label, they'll be like, hey, we've got this new artist. They really need a radio single and you guys know how to write a radio single. So Bart gets a lot of co-write opportunities. So you do that already. That was the thing with, with the Rent Collective guys. They're like, we, we can do Rent Collective stuff. And, and and they're like, we just, we just some of that radio connection that you guys have, like we, we're struggling with that. And so they just wanted to come in and, and I mean, they still write 99% of it. It's just like, Barbara was like, oh, I'd maybe sing it this way instead of that way, or maybe change that one line would probably connect. It might connect better. It's never, uh, we were in with Matt Marr and uh, John Guerra not long ago. Um, yeah, we just, it's, it's a, it's definitely, it's actually something I've considered doing outside of the band. It's just like kind of producing and developing younger artists. I just don't know how to go about it without like, 
putting that on social media. Hey guys, I want to help you make a record because it's I don't know. It seems weird to to do that, but um, yeah, no, we definitely try to build up. We've always we used to do a tour called the Rocket Worship Roadshow over here, where like the intent was to bring out a lot of newer artists and artists that um, we wouldn't necessarily get to tour with. Like like we brought Lecrae out and Tadashi and these hip hop artists that wouldn't normally necessarily like connect with our fan base, but because it was this branded like touring festival, you could bring in something for everybody. So there were metal bands yeah. and rap artists and worship artists and us. And, and so, um, yeah, we've always loved being able to pour back into Christian contemporary Christian music because there were people who poured into us, you know, whether it was audio adrenaline, who we kind of got our start under, like we opened for them when we were a band, literally a year to the day we opened for audio adrenaline and they've, they were like our big brothers. They just brought us in and, and encouraged us and helped us. You know, they introduced us to our, our manager was their manager at the time, uh, Scott Brickle. They introduced us to him and he's been our manager the whole time. Um, so yeah, we, we're big on, on the next generation of, of, of helping them out. Like David Leonard, uh, are you familiar with David Leonard? I am not familiar with David Leonard. Uh, have you heard of All Sons and Daughters? Yes. David is the guy in All Sons and Daughters. Ah, okay. So he put out a solo record last year and a half ago, probably two years ago, called The Weight. It's beautiful. Go to YouTube. He actually made like this film to go along with it. It's it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. It It's, uh, yeah, it, it looks like a movie, but it's just his soundtrack, him kind of live music videoing, but like, Storytell. It's, it's, it's again like I was saying about for King and Country. It just bumps the needle forward in creativity for what, what Christian music. What what like, our generation of Christian music has felt like we were able to pull off. Like they're just like knocking the doors down. Like it's it's awesome to watch. So I, I am going to definitely go and look at that as soon as we finish this. Actually, the album's great. The album's great, but watching that video, the the it's really really cool. Brilliant. Thank you for that top tip. And well, great to hear what you're doing to bring through other artists. Well done. That's fantastic. What's the Christian music scene like in the UK? Well, um, I spend a lot of time interviewing people uh, in in Nashville. If I'm honest, so yeah. we're we're there's some there's some really good guys, um, but we're a lot smaller. Uh, and it's less well developed. I think it would be probably fair to say generally. And it's a much harder thing because in the UK, there's a lot less people and a lot less people interested in Christian music. A lot of people in the States, I get the feeling, will happily listen to Christian radio, even if they're sort of fairly nominal Christians. You don't have right. to be, a, because because of Christian culture, I think people right. can get it. Whereas in the UK, it, people, I think, generally are much more aware. Am I Christian or am I not Christian? I won't listen to Christian radio. It's interesting because I feel like that's starting to happen here in the States more that um, kids, teenagers, 20 somethings, like they listen to like worship music or they listen to Justin Bieber. Like they'll, they'll listen to both, but it's like there's this separation, like the, the um, contemporary Christian music thing has like, if you look at the charts over here, it's like Elevation Church, Hillsong, United, like uh, Phil Wickham. You know, he's kind of this hybrid artist slash worship leader. He probably would lead. He would say he's a worship leader. Um, but like it's it seems like there's this divide now to where there's less of the um, there's still some. There's the King and Country and Toby and, and us and, and Newsboys and all that stuff. But it seems like if you ask kids these days, the kids these days, you know, they they know worship from church and then they listen to Justin or John Bellion or whatever pop music's yeah. out there. And they're still. Like you said, they know that they're Christian or not. Like the, that decision's been made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't necessarily have to only listen to, you know, Amy Grant and Michael Lee Smith, Steve Chris Chapman, like it was for us growing up. So yeah. it's this, it's a, it's a weird dynamic, and we're kind of watching it from this place of like, well, that's, huh? Where do we, where do we fit now? Like, how do we make music that can connect to that kid still? Maybe we just need to connect with that kid's you know, parents or whatever. And so it's, it's a weird dynamic over here right now too, for sure. We're seeing a lot of changes, especially too, with like the, um, the onset of the internet and SoundCloud and the ability for an independent artist to just get their music out there. Like kids are following music. That's just coming from everywhere. It's not just like what they hear on the radio. Cause it's just a different, it's a different age. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, and they did say at one point that video killed the radio, but it, it didn't kill the radio. I'm pleased to say, no. but, 
But things like TikTok have become a place where people find a tune that nobody's sort of heard probably goes viral and then people are going, oh, this person's really cool and somebody suddenly becomes famous. Yeah. So um, so you're right. So there's so many different channels um, that might be used. Yeah, like uh, Andy Minio, Andy Minio and Lecrae had Coming In Hot. That song was like two records ago, but all of a sudden somebody did it on TikTok, like one of the Kardashians or something, and it blew up for him again. And like, it's, it's so fun to watch how that kind of thing can still happen. Um, like Colony House is a great band who they're all believers, but they're making music like general market music, like Need to Breathe or yeah. Switchfoot or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of I think there's a lot of freedom happening within the church now. It's like I don't have to fit into this mold and follow Jesus. I can follow Jesus and be what I, what I was created to be. It doesn't necessarily mean that it, that has to limit me into this box or whatever it's it's kind of cool it's kind of a cool season i i think that's fair i think it means that actually there's maybe more diversity in the christian music that's yeah. out there and more opportunities to reach uh, more groups that perhaps previously wouldn't have wanted to listen to some of the stuff that's got lyrics that are actually quite meaningful uh, whether they're whether yeah, they're ones okay. that i'd like the music that's behind it or not perhaps isn't relevant the great thing is for, for other people it's music they'd, they'd enjoy so and skillet obviously have done a great job of uh, having a fan base yeah. that would never listen to um well, numbers of the artists that you just mentioned would never get listened to by lots of Skillet fans, that's for sure. So, um, so that's that's great. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and Skillet and and they do they do such a great job of just being faithful in that. Like they take that audience, and John does not hesitate to share the gospel. Like it's it's easy for them to do that, and uh, it's it's cool that they don't feel like they have to change who they are in their faith to fit their audience. They are who they are. And they just make great music. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. This is the Hope FM artist interview. Is there, is there occasion maybe where uh, you've heard of a fan being impacted um, by your music that really stuck in your mind because it's been such a change for them? Um, we hear stories all the time, especially with, you know, I can only imagine. Which, amazingly enough, we've talked this long and haven't mentioned our career song. Which, kudos to you. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually had it down on my list of things. Don't mention to it because. Everybody must always ask you about it. So I thought we won't do it, but it happens and that's okay. Like it's nothing we're ashamed of. Like we love that song. It's a fantastic song. I can only imagine. We, I, I, I know I, I should. I mean, they made a movie about it. We didn't even talk about it. No, and, I, and I took a bunch of students to see the movie and it was fantastic. It was a really, huh. you know, if, if you haven't seen the movie, I can only imagine. Do go and watch that at the end of this interview. Cause that is a great movie. And can I say like, you always hear like, oh, uh, you know, Hollywood messes up things. The Irwin brothers are actually, we've gotten to be really great friends, especially with Andy. Um, they're uh, like, they did such a good job honoring the story. Like I, when people ask, well, was, is it, did everything happen? Like, is that true? It was a hundred percent true and about 90% accurate. Like they had to change the timeline. Like in the movie, you know, Bart's in the band before his dad dies. His dad actually died before we started the band, but they were just trying to weave the story together. Um, but yeah, they we, they did a great job, and I'm, I'm, it's awesome to hear that you got that you got to take some people to it and enjoy it. Yeah, so so you would say it's an authentic movie then? A very authentic. They they nailed the heart behind it for sure. Yeah, without question. That's, so that's um, brilliant. Yeah, um, but yes, as, uh, to your question, sure. Um, uh, with a song like I can only imagine, and with other songs like Homesick, uh, which came out of some loss, um, uh, like um, Bart's brother-in-law that I mentioned earlier. Um, we've got a lot of songs that have dealt with loss and people really connect with that because it's something that we all, I mean, nobody, nobody dodges that we all lose somebody at some point. Yeah. And, um, the story that always sticks out to me, her name was Annie, Miss Annie. I don't, I don't even know her last name. Uh, we were playing a show and, um, we had compassion international out with us trying to help get kids sponsored. And, and I had actually had my son out on tour and he at the time was probably 10 years old, maybe 12. And so I had him come out to help, pass out packets with me just on the front edge of the stage and this lady walks up to me and generally in a band um you know everybody knows bono not everybody knows adam everybody knows bart not everybody ever knows my name or the rest of the guys in the band but they know the lead singer and uh um she came up and she's like mike can i can i talk to you for a second and i was like oh i got a fan she knows my name <laughs> um and uh and as she said i just i just I just want to um, share a story real quick, if I can. And she started talking about how um, she had had um, rheumatoid arthritis and, and um, fibromyalgia and these other like autoimmune issues that caused her just crippling pain. Yeah. Um, and she was talking about how she there were days where she couldn't get out of bed and she had lived with it for like decades. 
and um, she she couldn't take it anymore. And she she told me, and my son's standing there, so I'm like, oh, what's she about to say? Um, she said she was going to take her own life. She just didn't feel like she could make it another day. And she didn't go into any great detail, but she said she got in her car, started the car, and she said, I can only imagine, came on the radio. And she said it was as if God stepped, sat in the passenger seat next to her, held her hand and said, it's not your life to take, it's mine. And um, she she didn't say that she was miraculously healed. She didn't say that she woke up the next morning, you know, skipping down the block. But she knew that God still had a purpose for her, that her life, it's his life. We, we're given, our days are numbered. He knows when that day ends. And up until that day, he's got a purpose for each of us. And, uh, and that she, that's what she said. She just said, I knew that I had a purpose and that my life wasn't over. And she said, I still wake up in pain. And, and actually fast forward, like two years later, we saw her in another meet and greet. She came through, she was walking with a walker that time. The first time she was just walked up to me. So it's not like she, her life had gotten any easier, but she still had this huge smile on her face. And I will never forget that. Like, like the reason that song was written for and I mentioned this earlier too. Sometimes we write a song for one purpose and God uses it for something completely different. Yeah, for sure. You know, sure. Bart wrote that out of the loss of his dad and, and wondering what his dad was experiencing in heaven. This woman heard it and God spoke to her about her, what she was living through, the pain she was living in and how he still had a purpose for her and that it wasn't her time to, and it was never her place to take her life. And so, um, yeah, it's those stories keep all of us in Christian music um, have stories like that to share about how somebody how God used one of these silly little three minute songs to literally save somebody's life. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the thing that keeps us making the next record and the next record and going on the next tour and doing the next show is, is just humbling. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing story to hear. You guys are kingdom bringers. Uh, you do change uh, lives uh, for, for Jesus. So that is wonderful. Let's just, just hear, a little bit of that track right now. Why, how can we not? How can how we can not? not? We've got to do it. A clip <laughs> of uh, I Can Only Imagine. I'm sure people have been interested in things you've had to share, Mike. If people want to connect with you uh, online, the band, find out what you're doing and, and listen to more of your music, where, where should they go? Uh, you know, all of our socials are kind of all over the map. I think like we're the Mercy Me on one and Mercy Me Music on another, but you can find it all at mercyme.org has everything. And uh, mercyme.org. I'm glad you said that because I made the mistake of going to mercyme.com. Do not go to mercyme.com because that is not the band website whatsoever at all. It's no, it's Maine Medical Center, and they won't give it to us. We've tried so hard. Do you know, it's it's currently up for sale. Is it really? Yeah, I just looked a moment ago. I got to find, I didn't want to text our web guy right away. Yeah, text your web guy. Funny, funny story. I was born at Maine Medical Center. I, I, my, my dad grew up in Maine, and uh, so I was born at that hospital. And now they're just dangling that website right in front of us like a carrot. Well, that is, that is amazing. I don't, I don't know. It, it may be it expired and that somebody else has grabbed it who's just going to sell it. So text your web guy, get on that, I mean, get that domain. But for it. now, listeners, oh get to mercyme.org. That's where you yeah. want to go to find everything out about mercy. Don't go to the other one. No, no. So, Mike, I, I think your lyrics in the songs are powerful. I think they've got so much more uh, to do. And we've got time for a bit of one more track from you. Uh, what's, what's the track you've played, uh, selected as your third track? Okay, so this is my, I think it's probably my absolute favorite song to play live. It was on our last record. We hoped it was going to be a single and it never went, but like we, we'll play it forever live because it's just so much fun for us. It's a song called We Win. Um, I love what it's saying uh, lyrically. It, it, if Christ is inside us, like who could be against us? Like we win and not like a, like we're better than somebody else or our, our whatever. It's not that. It's, it's Christ won. Like, Christ won over death and over sin, and we win with him uh, because the Bible says we are now heirs with Christ. Like we are, he's at the right hand of God 
and we are heirs with him. We are brothers and sisters with him. And that feels completely wrong and unattainable. And like, I do not deserve it, but that's what the scripture says. And so, man, we win, like whatever's coming at us in life. We know, we know, we know, we know it's at, it's at the end of the Bible. It says it very clearly. We've read the end of the book. We know what the last page says. He won. So we win. And uh, I, I just love this song. I think it's a blast. It's so much fun to play. And yeah, hopefully you guys like it too. So I'm sure people are going to absolutely love it. So Mike Scheutzer from Mercy Me, thank you so very much for joining us today on The Artist Interview. And this is your track, We Win. God bless you. Thanks so much, Gordon. That was Mercy Me with their track, We Win. And thank you so very much to Mike Scheutzer from Mercy Me for joining us today for this episode of The Artist Interview. And if you enjoyed this episode, the good news is there are so many more interviews for you to discover. And if you want to bless us with a like or follow or share with a friend, that would be very much appreciated too. But until next time, you've been listening to The Artist Interview, a podcast by Hope FM. God bless. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview.